Here's where the truth comes out, you guys. Spoons loves to riff on the Brits, but it's only because she's ashamed of how much she loves you. <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to that pretentious book club. <laughs> welcome back to that pretentious book club. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, yeah, my like sports horn oh, sound. I, I don't know what it's it. called. I don't. I don't go to the sports. We did, yes. But. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sports? <laughs> Can you tell by the name of the podcast that we don't typically attend sporting events? <laughs> what are some pretentious sports? Uh, like lacrosse or something? I don't know. Yeah, polo. lacrosse. Um, polo. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, cricket. Cricket. Is that a sport? True, yeah. Cricket. Uh Hmm. Those kinds of things. Could you call a uh, wine tasting a sport? <laughs> it is the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to go wine tasting with you. Actually, we should do that because I've always wanted to go wine tasting and no one. I will with totally me. go with you. And you know what? We live in such oh, a great yeah. area for it. There are so many wineries. I know. <gasps> Ash and Kendall Hill Country Wine t- Tour Day. Wait, hang on, hang on. We can combine this with Twilight Oh, Day my because God. Because we can go drink all the wine and then come back and we can just watch all the Twilight movies until we pass You're out. You're describing my perfect day. <laughs> I'm also describing my perfect day. So now we need to nail down a okay, date. Okay. <laughs> what a reminder. Twilight Wine Tour Day schedule. Oh By the way, everyone, that over there is Dr. Spoons Palermo, aka <laughs> Kendall. Hi, howdy. And over there, putting it on her schedule is uh <laughs> wheezy wait yeah. <laughs> i usually say her real name first that's ash o'rourke but spoiler alert she's also wheezy yeah she's wheezy in my heart yeah and you're dr spoons palermo in my heart we realized that last episode we did not introduce ourselves which it, we've, it's been a while since we forgot to do that but it is par for the course for all of season one so um if you guys have been here from the start hopefully that was a refreshing throwback for you guys if you guys are new here <laughs> i will also include for your benefit the added note that we forgot last time of if you don't want to hear our nonsense and you just want to hear about the book go to the show notes use the skip code God, please use the skip code so that you'll come back for another episode. <laughs> that was one of our best disclaimers yet, I have to say. <laughs> God, please, please use, use the skip code. <laughs> please. I'm, I'm begging you. If you don't want the nonsense, go use the skip code. Yeah. <sighs> but anyways, my, my dear, my love, my spoons, my waifu. How has your week been? I feel like I haven't seen you in a million years. And I'm, I think it's also because I, I get to see you this weekend. So it's, I'm like really excited. That must be it because I also was feeling like I haven't seen you in a million years. My week has been all right. What did I do? I'm getting very used to that like rhythm that you say that you always go, my week has been all right. And it's like <laughs> the same every time. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just doing my darndest, really. But also, am I? Sometimes I am so lazy. Uh, the <laughs> Me today, all day. But you know what? Javi was like, please, God, stay in bed. So I worked in bed today because I was like, oh, I got to do, I really have some stuff I have to get done, like trying to prep for the party. And he was like, do not, just stay there. And I was like, you know, sometimes it's good to be lazy. <laughs> so true. Yeah. You have to do it every now and then. Yeah. Sorry, my, if you hear any noise, my cats are physically assaulting one another um, <laughs> right behind the camera here Uh, juicy i have to take juicy to the vet tomorrow morning that's one thing oh oh 
Lily went to the vet and also we, me and mom and my brother pinned her down, put a little mask on her and shaved her because <laughs> she had so many mats she wouldn't let us get out. She's a very um, happy cat now, but I'm so glad that you're going to get to see her. She looks like a little shorn lamb, except for her oh big God. fluffy face and tail. It's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> she is. I oh God. Yeah. I mean, she is so grumpy. I bet she was just hating that. Yeah, but you know, it's, she's happy they always... now. Exactly. Like, that's what how Henry is. He acts like you're actively murdering him while he's That's getting exactly a bath and like. then we afterwards like, he prances around yeah, <laughs> yeah like ooh, i look good that's been lily lily's like wow i'm beautiful and also the mats aren't pulling at her skin which it's hard because yeah. we do try to clip them out all the time but she's been she's the grumpier she gets the harder it is but anyways you were saying yep. juicy is going to the vet Oh, yes, she is. And she's a short-haired gal, so she doesn't have mats, but you can bet I'd be terrified to get them out if she did, because she is so mean. Um, But she's going to the vet tomorrow, and she's going to get her shots. That's Taffy sneezing. Bless Bless you, you, Taffy. Bless you. Um, Bless you. Uh, And so, yeah. But thankfully, the vet is only like literally three minutes away so she will not vomit and poop (laughs) everywhere because she always gets car sick if she's in the car for over 15 minutes Mm -hmm. um as i'm sure i have told everyone before anyway so that's that's one small blessing here (laughs) that is absolutely what else well i was really enjoying rereading the book for this week that was one thing (laughs) and then we'll get to it we'll get to it i'm not even looking at your face um and then uh, I have just been writing up a storm. Oh, that's I'm right. Just constantly writing, 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 writing. Okay, here's like the nerdiest thing I'm ever going to reveal to anyone. Um, but I am going to reveal it to all of the listeners. So basically, okay, so you know how sometimes people go as like their D&D characters to uh, like the Ren Fair and stuff? Yes. I have some D&D characters that would be fun to do that with. But lately I have been obsessed with the idea of going to the Ren Fair as this one character I made up for this book I'm writing, which is like another level. Wait, of hang horror. on. If you do it, I will go with you and I will dress up as the character from my book. Because that would be <gasps> oh perfect. God. That would, okay, if you do When it are you me, going? Because Javi was just last night like, so when we go to the Ren Fair, and I was like, when are we going to the Ren Fair? Like, I need I don't to put know this on my calendar. Going. Okay, well, but I've been we like go working together. on a costume. Well, okay, now great. I'm going to work on a costume because I guess I was like, I guess I'm just going to, you know, wear, wear what I wore last time. And Javi's like, yeah, whatever. And, like, he's planning his costume and does not care at all. And I'm like, oh, no, but this is perfect. <laughs> this is so exciting. Oh, People great. are like, who are you? Oh, you see, we are manifestations of our own imagination. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> this is a fragment of my own brain. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like what you see? <laughs> <laughs> The, the worst part is that I'm going as, like, a gender-bent version of my own character. So it's not even... It's, like, another another layer. There's, like, five layers here. I'm really enjoying oh. that. That is really, really good. Well, nobody will know that that's what it is, except for you and the 500 listeners. Um, that's, so that's yeah. fine. Maybe we'll run into some of them there, and they'll be like, hey, that looks like <laughs> a character I've never heard of anywhere. Maybe that's Dr. Spoons Palermo. <laughs> it's really Dr. Spoons Palermo. You know, it's great because I don't even, like, I don't even have to, like, fake. My character has, like, a leg problem in her book. I don't even have to fake it. I'm going to be limping around because I just <gasps> do. So it's Woo-hoo! like, ooh, yeah. perfect for me. <laughs> I love that for you. I do, too. <laughs> 
So that's extreme uh, Lee Bardugo energy from you. That is extremely you know, Bardugo energy. Oh my god, the character even has, has like a cane. Thing. That's right. Yeah. I don't have a cane. Mm. Part of me is thinking I should have a cane so I can truly play the character who does have a cane. Also, it mm-hmm. sounds nice for if my legs start hurting. I mean, yeah, a little walking stick. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that'd be nice. This is all coming together, baby. Is, it's all coming up Ash and Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, insert the names of the our fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't get to know that. That's proprietary mm-hmm. information. That's right. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a big secret. But if you message me, I will tell you. I will also <laughs> tell you mine. TMTM, TM, it is mine. And you can't have it, but I will tell you. You cannot use it. <laughs> They're like, uh, we have well, plenty. How I- That's fine. Yeah, they're like, please don't tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how how are you doing, bud? I'm doing really good now that I'm drinking something spicy. Oh, thank tamarind. God! Cheers to that! Yeah, cheers for drinking. Woo! Not an unhealthy level, you guys. We don't promote it, but also a mm-hmm. little drinky drink here and there is very you nice. Know, little drinky drink while you do your little podcast. Yeah, with your little friend. Mine Sounds is pretty good with your little friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, a spicy tamarind flavored, which is delicious. Mm. I've discovered it's like one of my favorites. Um, so it's 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 delicious. I've not actually been drinking very much lately because um, here's some TMI for everyone. I've been trying to get pregnant for a long time and is now working. And so I'm like, you know, I'm at the point where I was like a couple months ago, I was like, I'm not going to do the thing where you research on the Internet, like old wives tales for how to get pregnant and then this like last couple weeks i was like no i've reached that point so i'm like googling the weirdest things i'm like how how do the ancient pagan (laughs) mythics tell me that i can get pregnant um i mean (laughs) the drinking less alcohol is actually something that's you know promoted by current modern science um you can still drink but like so i'm just drinking a little bit less and javi's been like dipping less so less nicotine because nicotine you guys i actually checked my doctor to make sure i wasn't just like an internet thing i was like i can't take this information to hobby unless i've actually gotten this from a doctor and not google and i was like is it true that nicotine is like makes it can make it really difficult to have a kid and she was like yes stop doing it i was like oh god <laughs> anyways oh um, baby you're like yeah. if we work together <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but i've also gone like a hot minute now without having alcohol and so i'm like no it's it's alcohol weekend again for ash and i'm very excited yep so hobby's birthday is on saturday and spoons is coming over and i will be drinking Woo-hoo! that as well it's uh, a that's party exciting. yeah and i've also kind of just given up coffee for tea because tea is better so, oh, so i just kind of for no reason at all did that I could say it's because I'm trying to get pregnant, but it's not. I was just like, it's just I really because he's tea. superior. It no. is superior, and I went through a couple of days of like getting like a caffeine headache because it has like half as much caffeine as coffee. But I was like, I don't. No, I don't need it. So, yeah, good. Yeah, you, you made it through the, the eye of the storm there. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Is that? I guess is that my week? I don't know. Was that my question? Did you ask me or did I just offer information in no, the middle I of asked your story? You. <laughs> okay. My memory's been bad. And I know that I've already interrupted you a lot. Um, but if you guys are watching this on our Patreon channel, because if you want to see our video recordings of the episodes, you can do that on Patreon at Story Siren Studio. You guys can see that Spoons has a new haircut and it's beautiful. I do. Thank you. It's so I cute. I chopped it all off last mm-hmm. night and I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, like... My hair was, like, not even that long in hindsight, but it was feeling long to mm-hmm. me. 
And then I was like, what if I just went really, really short? Because this is what I do. It either has to be really long for me or really short or else I'm not happy. I get that. But then after I have it for a while, I'll just do the complete opposite. But this is shorter than I have had in, like, ever, maybe. Yeah. It looks fabulous. It really shows off her her collarbones to great advantage, (laughs) which is what I said at first. But it's true. And so I'm just, like, staring at her collarbones right now. Wow. Such a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. I I love the collarbones. I feel like they're underrated. So your little, like, (laughs) kind of, like, square-necked, blousey blouse shirt also looks fabulous. Like, (gasps) strong Snow White vibes also with, like, the (gasps) haircut and the blousey blouse. Thank you. I no, was, thank I'm you. Actually, did I tell you that? <laughs> no problem. I'm actually working on a Snow White costume maybe for Halloween. I don't know if <gasps> I said that before. That would be fabulous. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. a very hugely nerdy part of myself is like, what if I dress up as a mermaid, not for the first time or even the second or third time? Uh, <laughs> and it won't be the last. And it definitely won't be the last. But to be um, Aquarius from Fairy Tale. <laughs> Ooh, you should do it. It would be pretty cool. I would need like a blue wig and stuff. It'd be a whole lot of work. I also don't have any Halloween plans per usual, so I would just be like sitting here like a mermaid in my house. <laughs> so maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just fantasize about it or like just really pl- get into the planning of it. So like when Comic Con comes around or something, I can do that. Ooh, yeah. And then you can just have the costume. Yeah. And then bonus, Javi has to carry me everywhere <laughs> or roll oh, me around that's... somewhere because I'm going to be in a mermaid tail. Mermaids can't walk. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to walk. No, I I can't. It would break the illusion, and we can't have that, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Well. (sighs) Did we want (laughs) to... You guys, this is such an iconic episode for us, I can already tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's been a long time coming. This really. has been a long time coming since season one, episode one, when we got into our first on-air debate. Not our first debate by far, nor our last. No. But first on-air debate over uh, the <laughs> literary value of Charles Dickens. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> yes, baby. Sound yes, like a, infants. You sound like male Siri. <laughs> I don't know. Not that you sound like a male, but like something about the... Uh, the inflection. The inflection. Also, yes. sidebar, apparently I say the word baby in just like two different ways that really bother my husband. Like really get under his skin. Like I think what? one is I say bebe or bebe and he hates it. Oh. And I like think Moira Rose. I guess so, yeah. And I didn't used to do it before I watched Shit's Creek, so that's definitely where that one comes from. And then BB, I think I just say like baby. BB. I say baby? it. Baby? Oh, you do do that. Yeah, I think baby? he hates it. He hates <laughs> it so much. And I'm like, well, now you've given me ammunition, so. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me your weakness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. But that was a sidebar and I got distracted. But yeah, um, so that's just my brain is going to keep doing that this episode, trying to avoid the topic, which is we are covering Great Expectations by Charles Dickens in this episode. Yeah, look, I have two copies. Why am I not surprised? I should have brought my copies different and it's also beautiful. It's a Penguin Classics. So it's like with the pretty cloth bound Oh, you do have a nice one. I remember that. I really like this one. I think this one's the Barnes and Noble one. That's a good one. The Barnes and Noble ones are pretty. 
They're so pretty, and um, they have, like, the pretty, like, end pages and I stuff. love that, and, like, the sprayed edges, which I'm a huge fan of. Yes, sprayed edges. Yes. Well, you know what? We already did Charles Dickens biography. I know. It was so nice. I was folding laundry, like, 20 minutes ago, and I was like, I should have prepped the bio, and then I was like, wait, I don't have to. It's great that I didn't prepare anything. I we don't already have to. did it. Yeah, so if you guys want it, go listen to our episode on A Christmas Carol, or at least the part where we talk about Charles Dickens. So. Yes. I think it was in Pretty in Death. I think it was because he was very interesting and also there's a lot of weird stuff going mm-hmm. on with him. There was perhaps some morally <laughs> like, questionable behavior from him. But a what little else bit is of new? Mor- <laughs> but, you know, lots of morally good stuff, too, and yes, then absolutely. morally questionable. He's very Everyone's far from the worst classical author. <laughs> very far yeah. from the worst. Um, not the best either, but he did no. a lot of good and a lot of his ideas were really good, which you can tell uh-huh. a lot of in Great Expectations. I will give you this right up front. I do not have an issue with his talent. I think he's very talented. I think his craft is excellent. Wow, that is way better than I ever could have expected. Mm-hmm. I seriously thought you were about to say, I hate that bitch. No, however, um, um, that bitch did write a story <laughs> in three volumes that could have been one. So I do stand oh, by that. Oh, strong disagree. Yeah, Let's get into I it. knew. Um, I knew you would. This has been a long time coming, you guys. That pretentious book club. This could be the end of TPBC. <laughs> Is this the end? Oh, God. You know, this feels like, you know, a, like, a, like a sitcom that you see, like, the previews for or whatever. Like, <laughs> It's like a very special episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah. Is this the end, end of, of the, the Russo siblings? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> this That's is what's that. happening. We should have prefaced it last episode. We did tease it a little bit, but this is that episode, guys. <laughs> Welcome. This Hope is- you're in for a ride and lots of drama. And I'm, am I going to be more dramatic than necessary in this episode? Yes. And I think Charles Dickens would approve because he kind of pulls that <laughs> stuff. So... Oh, he's so dra- dramatic. He like, is. I think he'd be fine with it. Jordan, I also realized okay. uh, one more sidebar because my brain is just like, please avoid this topic. Um, you have that. You watch the episode, not episode, the show Virgin River. I think we've talked about it a little bit. I haven't watched it really. I've okay. seen like two episodes. My mom watches it. She got me into watching it. I was very resistant. I think your mom has watched it some. I just realized yeah. when I'm watching it today, I was like, hang on, hang on. Is this a soap opera? I'm pretty sure it's a soap opera. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just hadn't like connected the dots. It's like a higher cinematic quality than yes. the, your typical soap opera. But I do, I do believe it should be categorized as a soap opera. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is a big revelation happening. You know, today. Great Expectations could also definitely be a soap opera, like all like I the mean, hidden like familial relationships yes, that like, come out. <gasps> She's been her mother the whole, whole time. time. Exactly. Exactly. This could be. Yeah, lots of drama. I would enjoy it as a soap opera. Perhaps we, I need to see that rendition. Ooh, yes. Um, I would totally watch that. Okay, so I guess I'll get into it. Well, I guess I should preface by saying. Uh, this copy of Great Expectations, this one right here, which is also a Barnes & Noble exclusive, but I guess it's much older because, um, it's actually my grandma's. I stole it from her house, like, years ago. Um, so, but one time at my grandma's house, I was, like, maybe 12. Um, I didn't bring a book with me and, uh, or, like, I finished a book or something. And so I was, like, what does grandma have on her shelf? And, um... Great Expectations was there, and I was like, hmm, I'll open it. And I started reading it at, like, 12, and I was hooked, absolutely hooked from the first page. 
I read what your the brain works is- different. No way does a normal 12 year old child pick up great expectations and be like, I am hooked. That's what like, happens no, to I'm Pip? not making up my love for Dickens, you know, but I read. I, good, didn't, like, I never thought you it, were. I guess. And then um, I just didn't finish it because, you know, it was my grandma's book and whatever. I like laughed and all that. Mm-hmm. So then after uh, I got into Charles Dickens, after we went to go see that orphan musical <laughs> that was and an I was excellent like, I should... it was like the first thing that I did upon moving back to Texas was go with both of our moms and you to orphans the improv musical yeah and it was great it was it was the best thing I've seen in my entire life it was I would watch <laughs> it, it again a really hundred times but you know they're doing a lot of riffs on like Oliver and stuff because that's a musical mm-hmm. about orphans so and newsies oh hence and newsies and Annie. Palermo and Wheezy. Ex- it yeah. was exactly This is really my back brand. to our origin. Yes, yes it was it, that was kind of like we were becoming friends again after like a long time. So anyway, yeah. so I was like, I want to watch Oliver. But then I was like, oh, I should read Oliver before I watch it. I don't know why I had that thought or read Oliver Twist. So I read mm-hmm. Oliver Twist. Then I became hooked when Charles Dickens. Then I read Great Expectations. Then I read David Copperfield. Then I started reading Tale of Two Cities. Oh, and I had been, I had always read christmas carol off and on anyway blah, blah, blah. which one were you reading when everyone on halloween when everyone was still drunk and thrown <laughs> up in toilets and you had already recovered and were just sitting up in bed reading <laughs> that was i thought it was going to be right here but it's not that was uh my collection of charles dickens ghost stories because <laughs> it was halloween <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was the most terrifying and impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because she had been fully drunk and taking candy from strangers not an hour before, okay? <laughs> well, y'all, somebody, Marianne or somebody was, like, puking. Marianne and I was like, this. there's nothing I can really do to help in this situation. So I'm just going to sit here and stay out of the way. That's what my thought process was. Uh, so anyway, that's, oh that's basically, I just wanted to give preface for why I like good expectations. Mm-hmm. I think it is it is my favorite Dickens book, mm-hmm. um, although I do enjoy them all. Here, let me give you my experience with Dickens prior to this episode. Okay. Um, only knew the name, didn't know much about him, majored in English literature in college, and then in one of my classes on specifically English literature, because English literature as a degree is very deceiving we read all kinds of literature not just english literature um but in that specific course we did obviously a lot of charles dickens and i did write a paper about great expectations i did not read great expectations at the time (laughs) i did pretend that i had and i read a few excerpts from it so i could quote it uh but i tried you were finessing the system i finessed how to get your a I did, and I got, well, listen, there was just no way I was going to get all that reading done. It was crazy. Um, but I did try. I gave it the college try. I tried to start reading it, and I right away went, absolutely not. And that's why I was <laughs> like, I'm just going to read excerpts from it. And so that was what I did. And then uh, I have stayed away from Charles Dickens ever since because my first impression of him was that he is long-winded and boring. And although as a moral philosopher, I think he was ahead of his time and did a lot of good things in, like, thought dispersion uh i just found him so unable to tell a good story in a concise way and that was my first impression so we'll go to my end impression at the end of the episode after years later having actually read the whole book Um, okay and then spicy yeah and then bonus uh thing i didn't know 
Javi, my somewhat of a himbo occasionally husband, surfer, <laughs> skater, not what you would expect to be like, apparently took AP Lit in high school and read Great Expectations and loved it to the point <laughs> where I picked up Great Expectations and he goes, oh, is that Great Expectations? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's the one about Pip, right? And I was like, oh what? And he's like, I love that book. That's one of my favorites. And I was like, what are you talking about? Me and Javi. Me and Javi. <laughs> he'll come yeah. back to me one day. He'll come back to me. He'll, he will come back to you. The same. Exactly. Because you both like SpongeBob. You both like Great Expectations. I mean. It's, it's going to happen. I think um, it will happen inevitably because he's going to be like, I cannot talk to Ash anymore. She just doesn't get me. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so God. funny. Wow, I, know. I love that. I thought you would. Anyway, so on to Great Expectations. On to the next. So, um, yes, as Javi, um, as Javi said, the main character of Great Expectations is named Pip. Do love His it, His real yes. name is Philip Pirip, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's too hard to say. So um, So as a child, he called himself Pip, and it Which sucked. is cute. Okay, Charles Dickens is very good at naming people. I'll give him back that. Everything I've ever read from You're him. You're so correct, Bestie. I was thinking <laughs> that just today. I was like, every character in this book is perfectly named. Mm-hmm. We open on Pip as a young boy wandering around the graveyard in the marshes, which is where he lives. It's kind of outside London somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. In England. Yeah. So it's very marshy, kind of foggy all the time landscape. And uh, he goes there to, like, look at the graves of his dead parents. Pretty grim. But you can see why I started reading this book in college and went, absolutely not. (laughs) There's an orphan wandering a cemetery (laughs) to look at his dead parents' gravestones. And I was like, I'm not reading this. (laughs) My (laughs) mental health cannot take this. (laughs) See, I I can sort of see that. But to me, it's also, like, there's the, the... I love the dichotomy of, like, this creepy, sad, like, kind of, like, this sounds horrible, like, a terrible, desolate place and this poor little orphan boy. But there's still, like, a hint of humor in every, like, in his tone, like, about talking about the, um, he thinks that the, uh, like, his dad's name is Philip Pirip, and then uh, late of this parish, and also Georgiana is what he thinks his mom's name is, <laughs> and also Georgiana, because they're just, like, yeah. written like that on the gravestone, that kind of thing. I'll give you that right up front. Dickens is a lot funnier than I had given him credit for. He has a good sense of humor. He is the kind of person who I feel like would take a million years to tell you his joke in person and then would explain it to you if you didn't <laughs> laugh. I do feel like he would do that, but it was a funny joke to begin with. I, I'll give you that. That sounds correct <laughs> to me. Um, so anyway, Pip is wandering around, and he runs into this man who is clearly a convict who has escaped because these, like, boats full of prisoners are always going by on the marshes mm-hmm. and all of this. So anyway, this guy is, like, um, basically, he's, like, high knee, like, in gets Pip to help him out. And Pip's older sister is married to the blacksmith in town named Joe. He's great. She's bad. (laughs) Yes. The guy basically threatens Pip and is like, oh, well, I have a friend who's hanging around and um, he, you can't see him now, but see, this is also funny. He's like, you can't see him, but he's definitely hanging around and he will beat you up and kill you if you don't help me. And Pip is like, oh my God, no, not the (laughs) friend that I can't see and doesn't appear to actually be here. So he like runs home. 
helps the guy out like but then on his way back he sees that there is actually somebody nearby and so he's like freaked out because he's like oh my god the guy's gonna get me he tells the convict guy and he's like wait what there's somebody else out here so there's a bit of mystery. Basically what happens is the guy ends up getting caught again and taken back on the boat and stuff. And Pip is like freaked out and nobody knows that he helped him try to escape in the first place. So Pip's kind of like living with this secret for a very long time. For a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. So his home life is interesting because his, as we discussed, his parents, uh, late of this parish and also are dead and uh so he's like the youngest of the kids and his older sister took him in to raise him by hand which is what they keep saying (laughs) but she raised him by hand and pip does not know what this means he's like okay sure i guess nobody ever explained to you what this means (laughs) i don't think they even know what it means no they don't um, they don't um and uh, so she is married to Joe, the blacksmith, as I said. And Joe is a perfect, sweet, wonderful man. He is. And he and Pip are, like, best friends. Like, he's so sweet to Pip. He's basically, yeah. he's almost like a surrogate dad for Pip. Um, yeah. Also, like, maybe cool older brother. Like, it's Yeah, he's those... somewhere on in that range. Yeah, yeah, somewhere like that. So they get each other, and they just are always in, like, they're always together. Because... Pip's older sister is terrible and always goes, quote, on the rampage and just like <laughs> beats them up and yells at them and stuff because she's crazy. She's... I'm like, Joe, how, why did you pick her? Oh my God. I know. Like, Joe is so sweet. It doesn't make any sense, but he's kind of still head over heels for her, even though she's so mean to him. And yeah. he's like, he keeps, he always says that she's a fine figure of a woman. And yes. Pip's like, I don't think that's actually true, but I never argued <laughs> with him. <laughs> Um, then there's also Biddy and she is like, she like lives in town and she's around Pip's age and they kind of hang out sometimes. Things get kicked off when Mr. Pumblechook, who is the uncle, but the uncle that you can't call him. He didn't want to be called an uncle. I think. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. He's like the uncle. He's garbage. He's also annoying. So, um, but also great name. So he basically sets up a situation in which. Miss Havisham, who is this wealthy woman who lives kind of close by in this really fancy house, she mm-hmm. is looking for a boy to come play at her house. And Mr. Pope, because she's eccentric and rich. She's and so eccentric. Very eccentric. And so Mr. Pumbletrick is like, I know a boy. And they think, oh, this will be a great opportunity for Pip. You know, he's just a little blacksmith kid that he mm-hmm. can go, like, you know, maybe get some connections or they'll pay him maybe to like hang out with this rich lady and so they just send him so off sketchy guys so- <laughs> do not send your child or your niece or nephew off to hang out with the eccentric wealthy person just don't do with it no supervision zero it supervision truly wild so yeah, don't mr bumblechuck takes <laughs> poor little pip to miss Havisham's house which is called status house mm-hmm. um and uh, it's, like, crumbling, old, weird, creepy house. And there's, like, an abandoned brewery attached to it. Like, it's this very weird place. Yeah, like, all the clocks and, in it are stopped yes, at the same time. Um, yeah, they're all stopped at, like, 20 minutes to 9. It's very weird. It's, like, crumbling. The garden's overgrown, all of mm-hmm. this. It's so creepy. Delightfully creepy. It is delightfully And, like, creepy. weird. Yeah. Um, and imagine, like, how foggy it is. Because we're still around the marshes and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Pip goes there and he is greeted by this 
beautiful little girl who is about his age. Estella. Her name is Estella. Mm-hmm. And she is so mean to him. So uh, she calls him boy all the time. She clearly is like, he is trash and I am great. Um, yeah. <laughs> she loves messing with him. And so poor little Piv is just like doing whatever they tell him to do. Yeah. So he gets introduced to Miss Havisham. And she is this woman who... She is such a good character. She like is. how he d- he went above and beyond. <laughs> uh, she is this woman who is has been wearing her same yellowing like torn up wedding dress for like twenty years since she was she, left at the altar. <laughs> he left at the altar, and so everything is like in the house is like ex- untouched from that day that she got left at the altar. So she still has a room that's like. Like, there's a whole table, like, f- piled up with food and, like, fancy stuff and, like, the big wedding cake. And it's all rotting and there's cobwebs oh. and there's bugs. And everything in the house is dusty and, like, untouched. And she just, like, walks around it. Everyone's, she just, like, walks around at night, like, crying and, like, wearing her wedding dress and, like, being weird. And, like, yeah, it is so good. Um, So <laughs> she... <laughs> Is a very weird lady. And so, yeah. basically, she... Uh, Pip is like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, there's, like, a funny line where he says, like, the instructions... Like, he... Because he, like, came in and Miss Havisham was like, well, boy, play. I want to see some play. And he's like, I literally had no idea what to do. <laughs> like, standing by yourself with the instruction to play. play. Yeah. Like, okay. So, basically, he ends up, like, doing things for Miss Havisham, like, you know, walking with her around the room, like, to get her exercise, or, like, playing cards with Estella, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of, like, there for whatever she needs him to do. Yeah, she kind of becomes kind of like an errand boy who just hangs around a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so he'll, like, come every now and then. She'll just be like, come again in, like, two days or whatever. Yeah. So he'll, like, come back. Um, So he just does this off and on, and... um, It's not getting paid for it at the moment. So no, and there's still weird. no like, explanation. It was very <laughs> odd. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's so wild. Um, and so, yeah. Base, but he is already has decided that he is, like, completely obsessed with Estella because she's so beautiful and so mean to him. <laughs> and so he cannot stop thinking about her. Um, she's never like a, nice to him. I'm like, never. at what point did you fall in love with this girl? Not once. <laughs> like, there's one part where she, like, lets him kiss her cheek or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, then she's mean to him about that, too. <laughs> there's, like, all, so many weird things. So and then strange. one time, Pip comes back, and um, all these people are there, and uh, he finds out it's Miss Havisham's birthday, so all these people who are related to her come on her birthday, but they never mention what day it is, because yeah. she'll freak out. So uh, Miss Havisham is kind of like, you know, being mean to everybody and whatever. But they're kind of sycophants, because they just want, like, they, like, they, she's so rich, and they kind yeah. of just, like, want to suck up to her and, like, whatever. So they'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Hip is kind of, like, gets kind of spun, spurned by those people. He goes out to the courtyard, and they're just sometimes will be like, go away. And then they, like, bring him a sandwich or whatever. Yeah. So he's, like, walking around. It's, like, in the snow. He's, like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So and weird. this boy is in the courtyard, too. And Pip's like, oh, another person. 
And the boy comes up and Pip starts calling him in his head, the pale young gentleman. So the mm-hmm. pale young gentleman comes up and is like, hi. And Pip's like, well, hello. And the pale young gentleman is like, okay, so let's fight. <laughs> and Pip is like, what? <laughs> and the pale young gentleman is like, yeah, come on, let's fight. So he like so weird. off and he's like skinny and pale and like yeah. does not look strong at all. He, like, has, like, a water bottle there to, like, help him out in the middle of the fights. But Pip, so Pip's like, okay, because he doesn't know what to do. And so they start to fight, but it's really not a fight because Pip will just hit him once and the pale young gentleman will fall down and be like, oh, good shot. And then get back up and, like, try this to fight him so again. This was so weird. <laughs> this was so weird. I was like, what What the hell is it going is on? so funny. And so then Pip keeps, like, hitting him and being like, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this. He's, like, not even trying, but he keeps winning. And so then finally the pale young gentleman is like, well, all right, good fight. <laughs> and he just leaves. And so Pip is weird. like, that was the worst and weirdest experience in my life. So- and he's had a lot of worst and weird experiences thus far. <laughs> I know. Not, it's, so, we're not um, even close to the worst and weirdest yet. No, it gets a lot weirder and worse from here. Yes. So basically, I only mention that because... It is a character we will meet again later. But, um, so, blah, blah, blah. All this is going on. Pip's growing up, and then Pip gets old enough to where, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's, like, gonna be, like, apprentice to Jan- uh, to Joe, who, you mm-hmm. know, is a blacksmith. And so, Miss um, Havisham is like, well, I guess you should probably stop coming around here then. And so she pays him, like, a bunch of money for all of his <laughs> services throughout the years. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. But yeah. he's already kind of got it in his head that, like, going back to Joe is, like, a step down because yeah. Estella is constantly, like, berating him about, like, being common and coarse mm-hmm. and all of that. And yeah. Pip, like, now wants more than anything to be, like, a fancy a gentleman. gentleman. To be worthy yeah. of Estella. Yes. Um, who's garbage. Yes, he was never nice to him. <laughs> Ever. He's, like, reluctantly goes back to be apprentice to Joe. Around this time, his sister gets, like, attacked randomly and then is basically like handicapped and she like can't do things for herself and all of this and she can't even like really communicate very well yeah Yeah. it's like really messed up so biddy's like biddy comes here kind take her yeah biddy comes to help take care of her fast forward this man comes and pip has seen him before at miss havisham's house and his name is jaggers and he's a lawyer from london Mm -hmm. and he shows up randomly and is like pip you have great expectations. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And then in this, like, ch- chapter, he says the word great expectations, like, ten times. And I'm like, understood. Okay. <laughs> Got it. The expectations like, are not this is the title mediocre. The They're great. <laughs> They're great. Yes. So Jaggers is like, you have a secret patron who doesn't want to reveal themselves, but they're going to give you a lot of money and, like, basically set you up in london to be a gentleman Mm -hmm. and pip is like excellent news this is exactly what i wanted (laughs) and so of course he's like okay miss havisham's doing this Mm -hmm. because he's kind of stayed in contact with her yeah uh, throughout the years he like goes every year on his birthday and stuff to see her yeah so he's like i mean of course miss havisham's doing it but okay if she wants to pretend like she's not that's fine jaggers is like okay i'll be your guardian when we're in london and blah 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 so pip just I, i think at this point he's probably at late teen so yeah. he gets all fancy and gussied up, and he goes to London, and he, uh... He has is... some scene, like, with Biddy before he leaves, where he says that he wishes he could fall in love with her, but he can't. And I'm like, you're being yes. total twerp right now. 
Yeah, that scene is crazy. Yeah, he's yeah. like, wouldn't it be so nice if I could just fall in love with you, Biddy? And she's like, LOL. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye. See you later. <laughs> so freaking weird. Uh, Pip's yeah. already becoming a little insufferable. So um, yeah, he, he hits. Gets, he, yeah, he becomes insufferable for a while. He has some <laughs> ups and downs. Um, yes, he does. So he shows up in London, and um, he meets and is uh, staying with. Um, basically this boy so basically he shows up to this house and uh this boy Herbert Pocket is supposed to meet him and Herbert is related to Miss Havisham because they like mm-hmm. are you know know that Miss Havisham did this for Pip so they're like okay we're taking care of him blah 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 so yeah. Herbert Pocket <laughs> walks in a little late and he's carrying like groceries and he's got like a bowl of Fruit. strawberries and yeah. he's like oh so sorry I'm like I, I did all this so that you'd be comfortable. Please make yourself at home. And as soon as he looks up, they both are like, oh, my God, because it is the pale young gentleman. <laughs> and he, so <laughs> Herbert goes, oh, it's you, the wandering boy or whatever. <gasps> and Pip is like, oh, it's the pale young gentleman. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And like, hey. And they like are so excited. Yeah, they're like, whoa. And, and they're like oh happy about it. And I'm like. <laughs> There's no, like, concern at all. <laughs> it's so funny. Herbert was like, oh, so sorry I had to do that to you, old chap. I hope it wasn't too bad for you or whatever. And Pip's like, you know, if that's the way he wants to remember it, that's fine. I'm not going to correct <laughs> him and let him know that I beat his ass seven times or whatever. Yeah. So, And Herbert is absolutely delightful. He is he a is. sweet, wonderful, kind boy. And so yeah. he and Pip, like, immediately become best friends. And Pip kind of is like, hey, so, like, I'm from the marshes i was apprenticed to a blacksmith i do not know anything about being fancy if you could just like kindly give me advice or like chastisement pointers if you see me doing something not fancy that'd be great so like there's this whole cute scene where herbert's like telling him all he knows about like miss havisham and all this what and then every now and then he'll be like oh pip old chap uh you want to hold your spoon the other way that kind of thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) i enjoy uh, that immensely it's very cute but Herbert uh, decide there. I guess Handel, the composer, has a song about a blacksmith, and so <laughs> Herbert is like, I don't really like the name uh, Philip for you, Philip. So can I just call you Handel? And he's like, Okay. So the rest of the book, Herbert calls him, Oh my dear Handel. Yeah. Um, which is cute. Yeah. So and he, immediately he's besties. the one who reveals like Miss Havisham's backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tells Pip then about like Miss Havisham getting. Thank you. Um, left at the altar, which basically was this whole crazy thing where her like half brother and uh, this guy who she was getting engaged to um, like went in on this scam together, basically to like scam her out of money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he didn't show up for the wedding because he wasn't in love with her <laughs> and yeah. he was like married, I think. Yeah. So it was this whole crazy thing. And I'm going to do a little sidebar. Uh, there is this show called Dickensian. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but it's I called Dickensian. Like <laughs> it ran for one season because it is literally just Charles Dickens fan fiction, basically. <laughs> um, and so, but it's like set before. Great. It's so crazy. The main plots that are happening are like beginning book Oliver Twist stuff. Um uh, some Christmas Carol stuff, like Interesting. like Marley dying, and then um, also the main plot is 
like this prequel Great Expectations plotline. So a that lot of it is very about interesting. Miss Havisham is like a main character, but it's when she's like young and hot, mm-hmm. and then like Arthur, her brother, um, Compison, um, everybody's in it. Interesting. But you want to know something crazy? Yes. <laughs> the guy who plays her brother Arthur um, is Joseph Quinn, aka Eddie from Stranger Things. <laughs> what (laughs) yeah and i didn't realize until like of course like this year i was like i feel like i've seen him before i looked it up i'm like oh my god he's miss havisham's evil gay brother from dickensian (laughs) when did dickensian come out it came out like it's gotta be seven years ago or something because i watched it in college interesting Um, but it got canceled after one season what a shame but the best shows do (laughs) I know, but also, like, it wasn't that good of a show. I think I was the only target audience, like, me and British people, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, anyway, that, all that to say, the ending of that show is crazy, because it's the day that Miss Havisham gets left at the altar, mm-hmm. and she, like, gets Estella. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so interesting. And so you're like, ah! Here's where the truth comes out, you guys. Spoons <laughs> loves to riff on the Brits, but it's only because she's ashamed of how much she loves you. <laughs> And your Listen, cultures and your stories. Y'all have fun stuff going on, okay? I can't help it if your literature is the best. I'm it is, sorry. yeah. So she's actually obsessed, but like a child at recess with a crush, yeah. she's going to act really mean to you guys. But it's all That's because exactly she what has it a crush. <laughs> oh, true. Um, uh, so good. True. Oh, so Jaggers, the lawyer, who is Pip's guardian now, mm-hmm. he has like a uh, partner named Mr. Wemmick. And yes. Wemmick is iconic and amazing, and he is so funny, and he's, like, he this really nice guy. Jaggers is kind of mean and serious, mm-hmm. but Wemmick is, like, really nice, and just, like, he and Pip get along so well. Yes. So, Pip gets, <laughs> Pip, like, gets invited over to his house and stuff, and Wemmick is so funny. The things he always goes on about are having portable property, yep. um, keeping your business and personal life separate, and how much he loves his uh, dad who he calls the aged parent um so <laughs> it's so funny he's so good he's one of my favorites so Pip goes over one, to his house sweet. yeah he's so eccentric and his house is like this weird like there's like a moat and like it's like a castle basically he calls it the castle and there's uh-huh. like a drawbridge to like go inside it's like crazy and so Pip goes over to hang out, and the aged parent is there, and he's this old, old man who's so nice but has no idea what's going on ever. Like, he yeah. can't hear a thing, and he's yeah. kind of flighty. And so Wemmick will just be like, well, hello there, aged P. Like, he has different, <laughs> he calls him, like, AP, aged parent, aged P. It's very funny. That's and funny. so, and then he's like, oh, hello, John. <laughs> and so Pip just, like, hangs out with them. Wemmick has, like, this girlfriend who comes over also, and she also, mm-hmm. like, knows the secret of the drawbridge or whatever. So they just, like, hang out, and it's, like, the best time ever. And Pip's like, this mm-hmm. is awesome. I love it here. Yeah. Pip feels bad because he and Herbert are spending so much money being fancy guys. Yeah. And, but Herbert has, like, no prospects, basically, and, like, a man. Miss Havisham, even though he's related to Miss Havisham, Miss Havisham, like, it's like, I don't really care for the pockets because Matthew Pocket, Herbert's dad. Mm-hmm. Was he the one who tried to tell her that something was afoot and she said, maybe him away? I think was that, that might have been it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so now it's like this whole thing. They had like a big fight about it and now they're not talking anymore. Yeah. 
So, but Matthew Pocket's really nice. The other Pockets are, like, kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> like, they're fine, yeah. I guess, but, like, everything's crazy. And they also yeah. have another boarder named Bentley Drummle, who, which is also the perfect name for this character. Bentley Drummle. Bentley Drummle. Um, and I also think Herbert Pocket is a perfectly wonderful name for it's Herbert. It's adorable. Because it's very, like, bright and, like, fun, but, yes. like, kind of dorky at the same time. And yeah. Pocket Somehow is such a Herbert good just name. is kind of a dorky name, because I named a character one of my books Herbert, and it is just, mm. like, it's it has the sweetest, dorkiest vibes, and I love it so much. <laughs> yes. Um, Estella is hot and grown up, and so Pip is just more in love than ever. I think he went and saw her. Yeah, he saw her before he left to go to London. And mm-hmm. so he's just like, oh, my God, I'm completely in love with Estella. She's still a very cold-hearted queen. <laughs> yes. She basically tells him, you should know that I'll never love you. I'll never love anyone. I don't have feelings of love in my heart towards any human. I have no sympathy Literally. in me. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I don't have a heart, Pip. And he's like, okay, you don't mean that, though. And she's like, I really mean it. I don't have a heart. And he's like, yeah. okay, but I am in love with you. So anyway, <laughs> um, Estella comes to live nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, she's staying with these people. And I love the way she describes it. It's so funny. She has such a funny way of saying things. Like, he's like, oh, why are you going to live with them? And she's like, it's a matter of them showing me to people and me going places with them. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, <laughs> so, so you're looking forward right. to it then. Like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Is this after... He, like, goes and he goes to he goes to Miss Havisham's house. He hasn't been for a while. And that's when he first sees Estella, like, all grown up. And basically, Miss Havisham gets really weird and intense. And she's right. like, are you in love with her? Isn't she beautiful? Yeah, and he's basically, like, can't hide the fact that, yes, he's obviously in love with her. And then she gets, like, really intense. And she's like, you need to love her, Pip, no matter what. And she's, like, clearly way too personally invested in this. Yes, good it's point. Not clear yeah, why. that's like right before he goes to London's when he goes yeah. to like wish her off because he is like, well, she is the one who's doing this for me, so I better go say hi. Yeah, yeah, and that's when Estella's there, and so yeah, Miss Havisham is like weirdly so into it, and she's always been like this. She's always mm-hmm. been like, don't you think she's pretty, Pip, and all of that? Yeah, and he's like, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so he, Pip and Estella keep hanging out, and Pip is like, I feel like this is a thing where it keeps getting worked out so that I will get to hang out with Estella. Like she'll be like, Pip, you're supposed to come see me off at the train station or whatever. Yeah. No, never. I want you to come see me off at the train station. She's like, we're supposed to, she's like, this is what we're supposed to do. So we're going to, but she tells him like, she's like, I don't love you and will never love you or anyone. I'll never love anyone. ever." (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, like... (laughs) I feel like I could change that. It's like, sweetheart. It's like, okay, but what if I'm built different though? (laughs) (laughs) What if I'm built different? (laughs) And he feels so strongly that like he and Estella are meant to be together. Like Mm -hmm. Miss Havisham is orchestrating it so that they'll be together. Um, And Estella obviously knows this and she's not saying anything contrary. So he's like, okay, this must be the case. Yeah. Um, But it's so funny because he's always like, I mean, every second I'm with her, I'm in deep agony, but um, I'm in love with her. He's like, but I also (laughs) never want to be separated from her. And I was like, so you're a masochist. Oh my God, he really is. Yeah. But this is alarming too, because like he has essentially, I know part of me is probably supposed to be like, wow, the depth of his love for Estella, even in the face of all this adversity. But all I can't get past is, hang on, this child was essentially like called from his home and groomed to fall in love with this girl who, spoiler, was groomed to never fall in love with anyone and to just break hearts, to be a heartbreaker. 
And that horrifies me that he was groomed to fall in love with her. And now he is, as far as he knows, completely sincerely in love with her. I'm like, how much of this would have you have actually been in love with her if it had not been orchestrated this way as much as possible? No, it's definitely like messed up for Mm -hmm. sure. But I also think some of it has to be Pip because like, I I feel like Herbert has always hated her. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this wouldn't have happened to Herbert. (laughs) That's true. I think Pip is largely I think his initial falling in love was a grooming B circumstance because they were just around each other and then C the man just you know fell in love because his eyes were like look at that hot girl like she's Mm -hmm. so hot I truly think he was like she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and therefore I will choose to love her forever and I'm like looks aren't everything pip and every other man in the world and women but mostly men in this case (laughs) seriously shape up <laughs> i also think estella is was symbolic to him of like this other life he could have that's very because true he was like just this poor little marsh boy yeah. so he's kind of like marsh boy had this idea like you know he kind of got plucked from his circumstances and so he's like mm-hmm. kind of wants to stay there so one of the ways he thinks he could stay there is like being yeah. with estella there's yeah. a lot going on with it and it, it's i don't think dickens specifically wants us to like like it that much I don't think yeah. that's really what he's going for I think yeah. it's almost just like this weird situation that you have to be like okay but no what I think you're, you're supposed to be next? kind of cringy and you're like yeah. part of you almost wants the circumstances to change so that she would have feelings for him and then part of you is like Pip you're way too good please just let her go yes I think it's so you're not conflicting. supposed to like it yeah it is upsetting it is ex- it's so much more dramatic than it needs to be and the sweet sweet boy will not listen to her she's like I'm telling you the truth and he's like I don't believe you. <laughs> that is one of the things about Estella that I find so fascinating. I think she's a very interesting character. She is, like, yeah. um, and you end up, I don't know. I personally like she drives me insane, and I'm mad at her for a lot of it. But then I, you also feel very bad for her. I think. Oh like, yeah. The more and like, more you learn about her, you're like, oh god. And she's creature. like kind of being as nice as she thinks she can be. Like, yeah. She's basically being like listen, I will break your heart. Like, and she tells him straight up and he's yeah. like, he and still that's her is being like, nice because otherwise yeah. she's really just going around town, breaking people's hearts on purpose mm-hmm. because I, she kind of feels like it's her job to do that. Yeah. But she so doesn't warn any of them. No. So yeah, really exactly. Being, yeah. As nice as she and I think to she be. tells him that at one point she's like, listen, I'm nicer to you than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so you <She> better. <laughs> um, so they have this weird thing going on. Herbert also has a GF. Not that mm-hmm. Estella is Pip's GF, but um, <laughs> Herbert has a GF. Her name is Clara. It's adorable. And um, yeah, very cute. I wish them all the best. <laughs> I know. So cute. Herbert is so cute and sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, all this is going on. Pip's sister dies. Mm-hmm. Pip has to go back and everything is like very weird with like, he like kind of doesn't want to hang out with Joe and Biddy. He's like, yeah. It feels like he's above it all now. Yeah, I think Biddy kind of scolds him and they get in a bit of a tiff again. Yeah, because she's correct. She's yes. like, you're not going to come back. And he's like, of course I will, Biddy. And then he's like, I will never come back. <laughs> 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 and yeah. Joe is weird around him now because, like, Pip's fancy now. And Joe feels kind of like he doesn't know how to hang Be out with him anymore. Hang out with him, it's, yeah. It's, like, sad. So everything's kind of weird. After this, going to fast forward, somebody shows up during a rainstorm at Mm -hmm. Pip's house. I love that it's a dark and stormy night. It's so good. (laughs) 
That's what it is, is you're a sucker for a dark and stormy night and anything that happens on the marshes. That's I you. really am. <laughs> so true. You say marshes, uh, say no more. Oh I am God. in. Uh, I'm there. <laughs> so <laughs> this guy shows up at Pip's door on a dark and stormy night. And Pip is like, mm-hmm. ugh, what the heck is going on? And guess who it is, you guys? It is the convict <laughs> from the very beginning of the book, from chapter mm-hmm. one. And That's he right. He came up. back, you guys. He came back, I think this is guys. volume two? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, the gun was planted and now it's back, baby. Yeah. So he's back and he's like, Pip, my boy, I'm your patron. And Pip is like, <laughs> What? What? It has not been Miss Havisham this whole time. It has been no. this random convict, whose name is Magwitch, from mm-hmm. the very beginning of the book. So he mm-hmm. basically got out of his situation. He ended up making some money, and he's been sending Pip all this money and secretly being his patron from yes. abroad because he's not allowed to go back mm-hmm. to England because if he shows up, he will get hanged. So. Yes. Jaggers, who was his lawyer, has been orchestrating all of this. And, of course, Jaggers never said anything. Yeah. Because it was a secret. And Miss Havisham has been intentionally leading Pip to think it was her. She doesn't know who the patron is, but she was like, this will benefit me and my mean plan to have him fall in love with Estella to see her crush his heart. Yep. And so she just lets him believe it. And everyone else also thinks that. Yes. So everyone else, yeah, they've also been going out of their way because they want to get on Miss Havisham's good side, and they think Miss Havisham wants good things for Pip. But she yes. doesn't actually. She wasn't even the patron after all. So basically, nope. everyone has been getting led on and not told the truth. And nope. Magwitch, this random guy, has well, not so random. We find out, but he has been the one who's been Pip's patron and Pip is Mm -hmm. gutted because this means so many things. It means he doesn't actually have good connections. Mm -hmm. It means it's kind of shameful that this weird random criminal has been the one giving him money. Um, And this means that he and Estella were not at all meant for each other. And Miss Havisham has no intentions of like encouraging them to get married. So basically everything is in shambles. And now he feels bad too, because he's put the pockets out. Um, so everything is a mess. And so he's freaking out. Uh, poor Magwitch has no idea of this, though. No. He's just like, you never thought it was going to be me? And he's like, I literally never, ever had the thought cross my mind one single time in my whole life. Yeah, and, and Magwitch is like, like, I thought about you every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Super intense, man. This is, you know what? This is, oh my God. Wait, sorry. I'm doing an analysis really quick. I took this class called Literature in the Uncanny when I was in college. This Uh is exactly the trope of the return of the repressed, which is one of the things that makes literature uncanny. Where it's like something that you've hidden or one of the characters is like hidden or tried to forget about comes back in like Uh a weird way that's unexpected. Interesting. Classic literature does do that a lot. Yes. Usually in a really jarring way. This is a perfect uncanny book. Like, mm-hmm. lots of weird imagery. And then, anyway, lots this is totally Return of the Impressed. Repressed. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. Because then there's lots of family stuff later. Like, a, yeah. like um, you know, soap opera that you mentioned. Yeah. So, basically, Pip is freaking out. Um, and he's so embarrassed and upset. Um, Herbert comes back and Pip has to tell Herbert everything. And Herbert's like, okay, we'll figure it out, buddy. Don't even worry. Because he's yeah. a real one. 
they yeah. find out later that people are on to Magwitch. Like, and so if he gets caught, mm-hmm. he's going to get hanged. So they are yeah. like, oh, my God, we have to get Magwitch out of the country. Because Pip's like, I cannot have this guy's blood on my hands. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he came back just to see Pip. Yeah. So they're, they are concocting a plan to get Magwitch out of the country. Also, Bentley Drummel has been, like, sort of Ugh. seeing Estella also. Which makes Pip insane because he hates Bentley Drummle. And he's like, oh my god, like, Estella could do so much better. There's this one part where, oh my god, one of the best scenes in the whole book. After he finds out Magwitch is not his real patron, he goes to Sada's house to confront Miss Havisham. And Estella is there. So he basically is like, listen, I know you're not my patron. And it was really messed up of you to make me think that (laughs) you were. And Miss Havisham's like, I never said that I was. And he's like, well, you led me on. And she's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, well, was that kind? And she's like, who am I to be kind? She straight up says that. And he's like, I don't know what I expected. So he's like, kind of like, well, I'm freaking done with you guys and I'm really mad and I'm upset and they're like okay <laughs> they're <laughs> and, like that was um, kind of our plan anyway so for I know. a different reason but still <laughs> and the pip is like you know what it is messed up that you have made it your mission to like ruin everyone's life because your life was ruined miss havisham all this and yeah. I'm like he's correct and so miss havisham is like um, yeah, so what if, like, Estella is so beautiful and you can't stop loving her and all of that? And so then, basically, they reveal Estella is getting married to Bentley Drummle. And Pip is like, yes. what the hell? Because he's like, well, basically, I am in love with you. And she's like, I know, but this that means literally nothing to me. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> She's like, okay. love means nothing to me. I just yes. picked Bentley just because. And I don't, I don't love him either, but. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so Pip is like very upset and he's like okay i guess i'm going and they're like okay bye (laughs) it's awful and also she says something like she's only what she's only her nature and her nature is what was intentionally crafted by miss havisham so we kind of think like this all comes to the head at least as far as estella's story goes for why she is the way she is is that miss havisham adopted her specifically Mm -hmm. to raise a girl to break the hearts of men and basically to be unable to love, to receive or give love as revenge for her heart being broken by being left on the altar. Yep. Which is Insane. some seriously effed up shit, you guys. It is so <laughs> effed up, but it's like kind of delightfully terrible, you know? And that's You're the like, whole reason wow. that she had Pip come out there as a kid was so Estella could basically practice breaking his heart. Mm-hmm. It is so bad. And uh, so he's like, well, that was really mean to do to me. I was just a little guy and now I'm in love with Estella. And they're like, okay, yeah, so what? Uh, They're like, basically, our plan went exactly to plan. Yeah. (laughs) It was exactly what we wanted to happen. I forgot to mention it, but there was a scene like earlier when uh, Pip and Estella went to Sada's house where you actually see Estella like getting mad at Miss Havisham like only once. Yes, she does have a moment. She has like a moment where she's like, I'm exactly what you made me to be. Like, so don't get mad that I'm not showing you enough affection because you never made me to do that. Like, all this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I was hoping it'd be a change. Yeah, but then the next time we see Estella and Miss Havisham together, she's kind of back to accepting her role as someone who does not give or receive love. Yeah. Or even know what it is. She's very much. She's very cold and she knows it. Mm -hmm. It's wild. So Pip is like, well, I guess my life is terrible. So he goes back to (laughs) London and their whole, and as he's going back, he gets a message from Mr. Wemmick that's like, don't go home. And that's when they figure out that people are after 
Magwitch, blah, blah, Mag-witch. blah. Witch. Through a weird series of events, Pip finds out that Magwitch is actually Estella's real dad. And Jaggers' yeah. house uh, maid, basically, is Estella's real mom. Mm-hmm. So because Jaggers represents seemingly everybody in the London area, uh, he everyone. kind of like, <laughs> this is whole weird thing where that's what it is. Estella's mom gave her two jaggers basically to like give to somebody else <laughs> like, because she was on trial right for, for murdering murder. another woman because because she was yeah, jealous because she was jealous because mag which i guess probably used to be hot i don't know uh so we also <laughs> find out that mag which used to work with Compison, who mm-hmm. what as we have learned is the guy who left miss havisham at the altar Yep. So there is a lot going on and a lot is being revealed. And apparently everybody is in some way connected to somebody else in yeah. London and the marshes of London at this time. <laughs> I know. It's a lot of coincidence. I was like, no <laughs> way. Yeah, it's truly like, what? <laughs> so, um, oh, God. so that is crazy. And so the person that Pip saw on the marshes in chapter one was Compison. Yes. And if you think about the fact, I'm pretty sure this was serialized. I think it was um if you think about it that is crazy that he would thought that far in advance like there are so many things i that, thought like, about that a lot but part of me was like what if he didn't what if he was because he was if he was writing it in like serial form what if he was just like and what kind of crazy twist can i pull next and he just kind of had a faint idea beginning and then he was just like oh i know <laughs> maybe so who knows but there know. are a lot of things that like everything does kind of go back to like the first chapter, which is crazy yeah, to me. It does. Like, but you know, um, soap operas do that too, and they're written by a bunch of people over like a long period of time, and they'll <laughs> randomly pull out some character from way in season one, and you're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. He was writing a soap. He really was. I think he would be so... great. He would have the most successful soap opera of our day if he was living now. <laughs> I mean, I'd be seated. I'd be watching every week. Um, mm-hmm. I would watch his soap opera. Would I read his books? Still probably not, but I would watch his soap <laughs> opera. <laughs> all of this is getting revealed, but only like Pip and Herbert know all this stuff. So when Pip goes back, he goes to see Miss Havisham once again for some reason. And Miss Havisham is freaking the F out because Estella has married Bentley Drummel and now she's like having a crisis of self. And she's mm-hmm. like, what have I done? Why did I make her like this? And I'm sorry, Pip. And I was terrible to yeah. you and all of this. And yeah. so Pip is like very polite and he's honestly better than i would be and he was like listen it's okay like it'll be fine like i've kind of gotten over it even though he hasn't he's like Um, i had bigger fish fish to fry at this point like trying to get a convict escaped (laughs) back out of the country it was like i literally have so many problems right now but this is not even my top problem and i (laughs) was not thinking about it (laughs) so miss havisham is freaking out and she Uh. ends up yeah, like getting caught on fire and so her mm-hmm. wedding dress that she's been wearing for years and years gets like burned off of her and she gets all these injuries and pip gets burned too while he's trying to help her mm-hmm. um, very symbolic by the way yes oh my god mm-hmm. it's so good right yes, uh and so that is crazy shit um <laughs> and yeah like really crazy uh yeah that so was pip- wild she doesn't die but she's basically like an invalid now yeah, she's, you know, I mean, she's, I don't even, she's probably not even that old, honestly. But no, I probably get, not. I don't think she took care of herself that well. Um, no. So, <laughs> Undoubtedly not. I bet she smelled bad. Um, probably. So Pip went 
to so but pip and after this blah 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 he gets a message to go back to the marshes because somebody has information about magwitch so he's like oh i better go <laughs> so he shows up and gets basically kidnapped by this guy orlick who used to work at the um the blacksmith, blacksmith place with also Joe. isn't he the one who attacked his sister yes he was the one who basically ended up killing his sister. Yeah. And, he, because, and he's mad because Pitt, he always had a crush on Biddy, and Pip was always trying to thwart him because Biddy hated him. And yeah. also he's mad because Pip basically got him fired from his job at Status House that he had for a little bit. Yeah, because he so, was like, hey, that guy's bad news. And they were like, yeah, oh, okay, we'll fire him. And so. they're like, okay, good. So Because he is. He's a total dick. He's, he's the worst guy ever. He's a, he's a straight villain. He's awful. Yeah. Oh, he's totally a villain. And it's like uh-huh. kind of a surprise villain because you don't mm-hmm. think about him all the time. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's Orlick. So <laughs> he's he, back. He's back, baby. So yeah. he tries to kill Pip, literally tries to murder him, which is mm-hmm. pretty wild because like it's like, whoa, this is a big plot point. Um, like yeah. a big thing happening. Pip almost mm-hmm. dies. But then uh, Herbert comes. But may I comes. make the argument that it wasn't that necessary? No, it's totally unnecessary. There was um, so much going on. This is this was my thing with Dickens. I was like, and this was, okay, if it was a serial, I can see why, you know, you would do that. You might have, like, a toss-away serial here and there while you're, like, building up to, like, you know, the really big one. But in novel form, I would have taken this and some other things out. Like, it's not necessary. Trust me, there's more than enough going on. We don't <laughs> need this. You know what? I do agree with you. I think that it's a fun scene because it's, like, a big thing to happen. Like, oh, mm-hmm. our main character almost dies. But yeah. I do think it probably plays better in the serial form because yes. you're like reading, like hanging on every week. So you're, this is yeah. probably an exciting thing to happen, like while you're waiting for the big climax. But yeah. if you're writing it just as a novel, it's like, okay, what does this accomplish? Not that much. Um, yeah. Although he does kind of start. I will say that I think that this is one of the things that makes him really start to be like, I have not been a good person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's like about to die and he's like, I wish that I could hang out with Joe and Biddy and I'm sorry for what I did to them and all of this. Yeah. Um. So I guess there's that thing that happens. But I mean, probably he could have found a different way to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, but so anyway, that happens. But Herbert ends up saving him. Mm-hmm. So Pip is the pale like, young gentleman I mean, who could not pale young gentleman comes again. This is just like a series of horrible things happening to Pip. It's just bad thing after bad thing, really. Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, because after this is when they're like the next day, they're like, OK, here goes our big plan to get Magwitch out of the country before he gets killed. So yeah. Pip's like, awesome. I'm glad that my I didn't get murdered so I could help do this plan. Um, I'm really in a great <laughs> headspace emotionally and mentally and oh everything's going great. And I'm very happy with my life. Which is not <laughs> this is all sarcasm, obviously. Yes. He's totally like, I'm, now I'm not a gentleman anymore. And I have no prospects of being a <laughs> gentleman. And I've alienated my only friends. I have so much debt. Yeah. And Stella will no- never love me. <laughs> nothing is coming up, Pip, at all. Um, so he, um, he and Herbert are doing their plan. And their plan is basically to, like, row Magwitch out of... They're basically, like, on a boat for a long time. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff is going on. Then this crazy stuff happens where, well, they're, like, trying to get him out. This ship shows up and they're, like, going to arrest Magwitch. And guess who's there? Compison, who they've already gotten, I think. And so Uh Compison and Magwitch get in another fight. Yeah. And Compison ends up dying. 
Mm-hmm. And then they arrest Magwitch. And so it yes. didn't work. Um, but he's also extremely <laughs> and, injured and sick now. And yes. so and he gets every- sentenced to death anyways. But he's yes. kind of like, this is what God meant for me. I'm at peace. I've done what I did for Pip. And he's like kind of like chill with things. Yeah, he's kind of vibing now, and Pip's yeah. like, okay, well, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Because not Awful. only is he's kind of, like, grown on him because he's, like, this guy who, you know, was mm-hmm. sort of the founder of Pip's money and, like, was yeah. came, risked his life to come see him. But he's also Estella's real dad. So there's, yes. like, all this going on. Yeah. So Pip is, like, goes to see him, like, every day in the jail and stuff, but he's, mm-hmm. like, not going to make it. He's, like, dying. So yeah. he ends up dying, but before he dies, Pip tells him, like, hey, you have your a daughter, daughter and she's is gorgeous. Alive, yeah. And I'm in love with her. Yeah. And Magwitch ends up dying. And it's yeah. crazy. And so then Pip, after this, falls into a deep sickness and is just, like, horribly ill for, like, months, yeah. apparently. And the debt collectors come and they try to remove him, but he basically <laughs> is so sick. They're like, we'll just leave you here. We can't do it. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're supposed to arrest you because you're so in debt, but um, I guess we'll just leave you. So Pip, through his, like, you know, muddled memories and, like, ability mm-hmm. to see and be awake keeps like seeing joe and he's like oh i miss joe turns out it yeah. is joe joe came yeah. to take care of him while he's sick which is so sweet so, so sweet. joe's been taking care of him because we always were the best of friends pip and uh, uh what larks so, what larks, what larks? Have together <laughs> oh that's so, the little thing he says to pip what it's very larks? cute <laughs> so cute <laughs> So when Pip gets better, he's just completely touched, and he finds out that Joe also paid off all his debts, so now he doesn't have to yeah. go to jail. Joe is the nicest, sweetest man Joe in the world. Joe is just like, has he ever done anything wrong ever? Like, he's just no. a perfect human. Aside he's- from apparently marrying Pip's sister, <laughs> which was very questionable. Right. I do have some questions about his second choice of wife as well, but... Um, I do as know. well. <laughs> um, I do as I'm well. I'm just willing to be like, listen, it was like 1830. It'll be okay. It'll be I'm, okay. I'm willing um, to be okay with it just because of who Joe and Biddy are as people. Yes. A spoiler so, yeah. Spoiler alert. I Joe and Biddy end up getting it, married. Mm-hmm. But so Pip, uh, when he's well enough, because Joe like leaves because yeah. it's so sad because he kind of feels like, well, I did what I could for Pip and now he probably doesn't want me in his life anymore because he's a gentleman and all of this. So he goes back to the so marshes. Sad. Herbert shows up and is like, Pip, uh, so me and Clara were talking and oh, Pip has sort of orchestrated behind the scenes for Herbert to get this like lawyer position with Jaggers. Yeah. Um, because he feels so bad that he made him so in debt and also because he loves Herbert so much. So yeah, Herbert. We all do. Yeah. So Herbert doesn't know that Pip did this for him, but Miss mm-hmm. uh, Havisham also helped. Um, so yeah. Herbert is like, listen, Pip, um, I know things are not going very well for you right now, but you're my bestie forever. You're my waifu. So Claire and I were talking <laughs> and we really want you to come live with us. And I'm in about to go like to Cairo or whatever to do lawyering stuff with Jaggers. Wow. So if you could yeah. do that. Or I think it's with Jaggers. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. So Pip's like, that sounds great. But he goes to visit um Joe and Biddy after this and he has it in his head that he's like, listen, Biddy's always been there for me. Uh she's a great gal. I can 
you know what? I could start over with Biddy and Joe. I could just marry Biddy and everything will be coming up Pip again. So This he... is what bugs me real quick. From the start, <laughs> the first time he says, I wish I could love you, Biddy, he never goes, do you think you could love me? And same <laughs> no. this time, he's like, I'm just going to go marry Biddy. And I'm like, what if Biddy doesn't want to marry you? Because she's given no indication that she's interested in you like that. Like, she's just like a nice person. And Pip's she's like, just like a nice, decent person. <laughs> and this gets back to my the stupid thing where y'all nice guys who feel like you never win it's because y'all set yourselves up with this kind of shit like you have someone who's like being nice to you and a friend or like someone you go to for advice and you're like i bet she's in love with me romantically i think that she would just jump at the chance to be with me romantically god spoiler no if she's given you zero indication very good chance she's not interested in you like that yeah no she has not led you on by being nice to you hush no I mean, I will say this for Pip. I don't think he thinks Biddy has led him on in any way. I think no, he's just kind of that. hoping he doesn't that maybe have, Biddy will yeah. like him back. He never reaches the nice guys never win attitude portion. No. But just the sheer fact that he would <laughs> the just <audacity>. assume. <laughs> the yeah, after being gone for like 10 years or whatever. He's like fully 25 <laughs> now. I don't know how old he is. And he's like, um, I'm just going to go marry Biddy. And I'm like, I bet you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Check yourself, boy. So he shows back up, and at, he the day he shows up, Biddy and Joe just got married. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I kind of hate this, but also I'm willing to be okay with it. I'm willing to be okay with it, because she's, like, so mature and wise beyond her years, and he's just the nicest man who's ever walked the earth. So I'm like, yeah, like I just refuse okay as I can to be. believe anything bad of Joe ever, like, yeah. He is so sweet. And Biddy's kind of been, like, running the house slash blacksmith stuff with right. him ever since his first wife, Pip's sister, was handicapped. So yes. she's already kind of been in all other parts kind yeah. of playing that role. And you know what? She didn't really even move in until, like, they were, like, late teens. So yeah. I'm like, for the time, it could be worse. Um, it could be so much worse. <laughs> it could be way worse. So... Anyway, so they're married, and Pip has to immediately be like, oh, that's so I'm so great. happy for you guys. <laughs> I was not planning to come back here and marry ah, Biddy against her will. <laughs> so awesome. You know what? I actually have to go immediately, but I am so happy for you. <laughs> so he, he gets out of there, and he, um, but everyone is like, oh, Pip, we always love you. They're all so glad we'll, to see we'll you. We'll forgive yeah. you for anything and blah, blah, blah. So that's really sweet. Yeah. So Pip is kind of like, he's really eating his humble pie. Like everything yeah. has been going so bad for him that he's sort of started to be like, you know what? I was kind of not nice to my friends and I was a little <laughs> bit of a mess for a long time. Now mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to do my best and be okay with it. So yeah. he goes and does Clark stuff with Herbert and everything's going fine. And then it's like 11 years later, he shows yeah. back up. And uh, Miss Havisham and Joe... has died, right? Yes, Miss Havisham is dead. Yes, left a bunch of money to Herbert's Estella family. Estella and Herbert's family, yeah. So yeah, nice. Estella and Herbert's family, yeah. The house has been torn down, though. So mm-hmm. Hip goes back. Joe and Biddy have named their son after him, so uh, which is so sweet. And they have a daughter, too. And so there's like this cute part where Pip's like, yeah, me and the littler Pip, we just walked around and hung out and he, we just get each other. And I was like, yeah. this is so sweet. Um, is. So they're just a sweet family. So but then Pip's like, you know what? I'm just going to go hang out. I want to go see what Sada's house looks like now and all that. 
And yeah. he had heard that, like, Estella has not been doing well either. Bentley, of mm-hmm. course, ended up being a horrible husband and was, like, abusive and horrible to her. Yeah. yeah. We all knew that was happening. And so. Yeah. But then he's he dead was literally now. like, of all the rich, like, annoying <laughs> socialites, you picked the worst one. And he kept trying to tell Estella, like, please, marry anyone else. Yeah. Don't marry him. He's the literal worst. And Estella's like, don't tell me what to do. I'm doing it. <laughs> she was like, I'm doing it anyway. Ugh. <laughs> uh, it's oh, so God. sad. Yeah. So he shows back up. And he's wandering around the grounds. And who else is there? Estella! After, mm-hmm. a, like, you know, 11 years or something. More than that. Yeah. And so they just happen to be there at the same time. And it's kind of fate because she's. he's like, do you come here a lot? And she's like, this is literally the first time I've been here in years. And he's like, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. me too. And so yeah. they kind of sit together and talk for a while. And um, then at the very end, it's like kind of like this implication that maybe they're gonna stay together and hang out Mm -hmm. but who knows she says something like suffering taught her something about her feelings that you know miss havisham never did basically basically suffering she suffered so much and her life sucked so much it's almost like the complete and total absence of love or affection made her recognize what it looked like and what it was and made like her want her it. need for it yeah yeah and so and now she's kind of like i'm a changed woman <laughs> yeah and pip also that's kind of what happened to pip too i mean not that he was yeah. as messed up as estella but he had to go through a lot in order to like get back to his real like good self and yeah so they both are kind of better people now and like kind of yeah. understand themselves and each other better and so it's kind of like maybe things will work out and that's the end of the book yeah. Oh! It was a good ending. It was a very good ending. The ending is so good. I love the very last line. I liked okay. it too. It was good. The ending was definitely good. I listened to like the first two volumes in audiobook form and then I like read the last volume in book form. I actually enjoyed reading this more than listening to it also because yeah. I caught more of the craft. So I was willing to be more patient with how long it went on that I felt like it didn't <laughs> need to because I was like, at least I'm enjoying how artful the sentences are. Yeah, like, he has a funny way of crafting sentences. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think what's funny about him is that he'll just kind of... The way he writes, it's like he's poking fun at everyone all the time. Yeah, he is. It's very funny. Yeah, It is good. Well, what would you say your favorite and least favorite parts are? My favorite part... One of my favorite parts is when he first shows up to to Saddest House and you get kind of like, oh, this is weird, you know? It's yeah. like uh, such a weird reveal of like, oh, this is a crazy character and like, what the hell is going on? And it's creepy and you're not sure what to make mm-hmm. of it. I just love like the vibe of like the beginning of the book, like kind of yeah. misty and weird and creepy. Um, yeah, I like that too. My least favorite part, I don't really know. Sorry. There's Whoa. some idiot who just revs his engine all the time. It's so annoying. It's probably my but... husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, it always scares Juicy so bad. <laughs> oh, came poor Juicy to rev his engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't. I honestly don't know. All right. Well, I'll give you my least favorite. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the whole or like trying to murder Pip thing. I was like completely unnecessary. That and most of volume one. No! I was like, okay, this is my preference. This is my overall thing for the book. I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yay! I I read it later on. However, I so, so badly wanted volume one and volume two to both be so much more condensed and then squished together. So the whole book would have just been two volumes. That's still more than I typically want 
but I could have accepted it because the craft was good enough that I would have put up with it more. But I was just like, get me through volume one because it's all just Pip's childhood and only a little bit of that is relevant to the rest of the story. And then a lot of volume two is also just kind of like, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. And now something interesting has happened. But it's a coming of age novel, really. Like, so you have to have the young but you have to have three. Yeah. And so put that in like part of volume one. I don't need like the three volumes of it. It was too much. Hmm, This is fascinating to me because volume one is like my fave. I think if I could cut anything, it would be like like random stuff in volume two and like random stuff in volume three i would just keep see i enjoyed most of volume three and i would like to get rid of most of volume one and a lot of volume two (laughs) i guess we have far more positive no i thought i would feel i am like amazed honestly (laughs) i guess we just have different like um things we like about it maybe that's what it is i think so Um, well my problem has always been and will continue to be i really like things that are concise and or action-packed so whenever like the action would dip for a little bit or i'd be like is this absolutely necessary i would be like (laughs) i don't have the energy for this (laughs) be like just get me to the next exciting thing that yeah okay i i see that one of the things i really like about dickens's books is just like the the humor the vibes. and the vibes yeah and the characters mm-hmm. so i yeah. like i honestly i though i did pick this one because i think it has the most drama action. yes and like plot that's like a noticeable plot uh-huh. <laughs> besides maybe oliver twist oliver twist has a i definitely wasn't yes. going to pick david copperfield there's like no plot in that but so i did grateful. pick this specifically knowing this about you so i tried but, i appreciate um, that but I, yeah, one of my favorite things is just, like, seeing, like, like the funny bits of, like, oh, Pip going to visit the Pockets for dinner and, like, everyone's yeah. being, like, kind of weird and, like, quirky and See, stuff. it's stuff like that that just, it could have been cut. Like, it was good. I wouldn't cut it because it was bad. I would cut it because the story doesn't need it. And I yeah. just philosophically believe that generally the most effective and impactful way to tell your story is as concisely as possible. So it's not that it wasn't all, like, nothing was really bad at all. Because it's Charles Dickens. He's very talented. I wouldn't cut anything because it was bad. I would just cut it because it wasn't necessary. Or I would put it in, like, a different, like, as, a, like, a short story addendum or something. Like, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have it in the book. I guess it's just you can't really avoid that with some of his stuff because of the serialized nature of it. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with it. So I'll give I him like leniency for that. that. But it is long-winded. I but I'll give that- him leniency, but I do stand by my initial feelings that he's long-winded. I do I guess- think he's long-winded. That's fair. I think I just like that. <laughs> and you yeah. don't. And that's just also, where we come out of it. <laughs> I know. And he does spend a lot of time, like, establishing, like, aesthetic and vibes, which is just not really my style. I It's totally good. He does a great job doing it. But, like, I want a little bit of it. Like, the Bronte sisters give me, like, the max amount that I want of aesthetic setting. <laughs> and I feel like Dickens was like, I'm going to go a step farther. And I was like, that's too much. I, let's move on to the plot. <laughs> I understand it's foggy. <laughs> It's foggy, yes. Mention the mist one more time, I dare you. I swear, I swear, Dickens. Um, But what about favorite and least favorite characters? Easy. Favorite character, Herbert Pocket. Same. Least favorite character... Oh, really? It's not easy. Yeah, or like, I guess he's boring and like mean. He doesn't need to be in it. Um, I forgot to say my favorite part. I just said my least favorite part because it was more fun. 
Um, that's very difficult. Uh, volume three in general. Just all of it? I mean, the plot really ramps up, I guess. Yes, that's, that's why. Otherwise, it's hard to pick a favorite part because, like, the scenes that I liked, I all liked pretty equally. Because mm-hmm. they were all very well written. But yeah. volume three, just in general, because it's all more faster paced. Uh-huh. But yeah, favorite character, Herbert. Least favorite character, Orlick. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty fair. Funny yeah, but also... Pip. Javi loves Pip. <laughs> yeah, I love Pip, too. I think he's a good main character because he's, mm-hmm. like, he's he's complicated but also like you want to root for him and he's kind of plucky but like all the characters are excellent i will happily give that to dickens he is excellent at naming characters crafting characters Mm -hmm. character backstory he is a master of that i will let him have that no argument here yeah i that's i mean i feel the same way i think though i was gonna say herbert like favorite as in i love him the most but Mm -hmm. miss havisham favorite as in most iconic backstory and like interesting yes Yes, i agree because she keeps coming to mind i agree estella honorable mention for estella and just how interesting she was horrible person upset me the whole book long but did start (laughs) to feel sorry for her even though i was still upset with her and just so interesting Mm -hmm. very interesting but um, what about favorite quotes? Oh, okay, I have it. Um, one, I have two actually. I'm gonna say both. Um, okay, one. <laughs> the first time I read it, I laughed so hard that I wrote it down and then um, forgot about <laughs> it until I read it again, and then I laughed again and remembered that I had already written this down before. Of course. And it's the part where um, <laughs> I just think it's so funny um, when Pip goes and is eating dinner with the pockets and uh, what's her name? Uh, Herbert's mom is like kind of out of it all the time and like flighty a little bit and um, doesn't really pay a lot of attention to her kids. <laughs> so the baby is like messing with this nutcracker that's on the table and one mm-hmm. of the younger daughters is trying to like oh, yes. take it away from the baby and mm-hmm. um <laughs> mrs pocket gets all mad at her she's like no no i'm in charge of the baby right now like go back to your spot or whatever <laughs> and matthew pocket says good god are infants to be nutcrackered into their tombs and no one to save them <laughs> i do remember thinking that was funny that whole scene was funny i was like lady chill good god <laughs> So funny. Our babies to be nutcrackers. <laughs> to their tombs. And then my other favorite quote, bear with me. It is long, but um, I'm going to say it anyway. This is like one of my favorite scenes in the whole book. This is the part where Pip goes to confront Miss Havisham and Estella. And this is basically his like love confession to Estella, which uh-huh. is bonkers. Um, so he says, she says something like, oh, Pip, get me out of your thoughts. And he says, out of my thoughts, you are part of my existence, part of myself. You have been in every line I have ever read since I first came here. The rough common boy whose poor heart you wounded even then. You have been in every prospect I have ever seen since. On the river, on the sails of the ships, on the marshes, in the clouds, in the light, in the darkness, in the wind, in the woods, in the sea, in the streets. You have been the embodiment of every graceful fancy that my mind has ever become acquainted with. The stones of which the strongest London buildings are made are not more real or more impossible to displace with your hands than your presence and influence have been to me, there and everywhere, and will be. 
Estella, to the last hour of my life, you cannot choose but remain part of my character, part of the little good in me, part of the evil. But in this separation, I associate you only with the good, and I will faithfully hold you to that always, for you must have done me far more good than harm. Let me feel now what sharp distress I may. Oh, God bless you. God forgive you. That is crazy. It is, it is so crazy. good. It is like, so funny that you picked it as a favorite quote. I would say it's beautifully written. But when I read that, I was so annoyed with Pip. I was like, bro, no. she has given you zero reason. This is fully a, a case of you being in love with the idea of her when she's repeatedly told you that she is not interested. Don't get me wrong. It is so like backwards for him <laughs> to be giving this love confession. But I think it is so well written. And he even so at this well moment says like, like he's like I don't even know what came over me I just started saying shit and I'm like yeah I know (laughs) but I think that it like kind of is so intense and like it just comes out of nowhere so it's like very memorable to me um and I think it's so well written it is and it kind of shows like how like intense he has gotten about this anyway I think it's great. He's very, very intense about it. This is another thing where I don't really... Unrequited love gives me anxiety in books. (laughs) So Pip is like the ultimate unrequited love. Like, or Estella, I guess, technically. But like, it so gives me anxiety the whole book. I'm like, Pip, you're a pretty good dude. Like, you could definitely meet a nice girl who also cares about you. He really could. Stop. You're hurting me because I'm so hurt for you. And Estella's like, yeah, meet someone else. I don't care. I think one of the things that I like about it also, though, is that, like, right before that, he had told her, like, Estella, I love you. And she was like, literally, what does that mean? That means nothing to me. You don't even, like, really like me or know me. And then he says that, and it's, like, so far above I love you. It is, like, bonkers. Because he's basically, like, you are so ingrained into me that, like, I cannot stop thinking about you, even if you're bad for me. Which is wild. He kind of, like, tries to, like, explain it. And it is funny because you feel like after something that big and moving, she would have some, like, flicker of emotion in her response. No. Not even. She's like, okay, moving on. I know. (laughs) It is wild. It's crazy. Um, It's good. Um, I think my favorite quote, meaning it's one that I looked up just now and I was like, oh, I remember liking this one, was, (laughs) in a word, I was too cowardly to do what I knew to be right as I had been too cowardly to avoid doing what I knew to be wrong. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's really good. And that is, that's kind of Pip's whole life. (laughs) He kind of lives his whole (laughs) life that way until then. It's true. Um, He kind of does. He's a, he's a very fear-based person, I think. I mean, most people are in general, but he is. And I just thought that was very interesting. And he kind of, he has that thought. And then he kind of decides that for the first time, he's going to do what's hard, even though it's hard. Yeah, because it's right. I just thought that was one. a very interesting change for him. You're right. Pip is very fear-based, I think. Mm-hmm. He kind of is, like, always hanging on by the seat of his pants. <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't he really, really belong is. anywhere. So he's always trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, um, or exactly. feels he feels like an imposter all the time. Yeah, exactly. He's mm-hmm. he constantly has imposter syndrome. Yeah, you know what's another <laughs> good line? I just remembered it at the very end when Estella says, um, "She says I have been bent and broken, but hopefully into a better shape." That is yes. such a good line. I almost picked that one, but I was like, then everyone's gonna think I picked the first one on Goodreads. But it's oh. a really really good one. I think I it's mean, the first one on Goodreads. It's so good though. It is. Yeah, it's so because I mean I think we all kind of hope for that. Because yeah. that, that's, that's the end. That's the last part of the line about um, 
Sorrow has uh, basically taught her how to love, essentially. She's saying Sorrow has changed her because she, she, from what she didn't get in her upbringing. It's like that's all in that same line. And it's so beautiful. And I think that that's really best case scenario. And also kind of an example of like, you can let the trauma in your life harden you or you can let it make you a better person. And it's not, you know, people when people say stuff like everything happens for a reason. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody who's just been through something horrible that has no explanation where it's yeah. something that should never have happened in this world. Um, so I just don't think that's like a good answer. But I do think that even when stuff happens to you, that's not your fault, completely out of your control, should never have happened. The only thing you can do, the only control that you have is decide how you're going to let it affect you. Yeah. And Estella kind of finally did. I mean, when she was raised as a child, she didn't really have a choice in that because it was like brainwashed into her and she was a kid. And then as an adult, when her life was awful, she at some point apparently reached a point where she decided she was going to let it change her in a better way instead of a worse way. Right. And so like Miss Havisham never really did that. She let her, you know, I guess that's what you're hinting at. But yeah, she like let everything ruin her. But Estella as the next generation kind of has to turn that around. Are they perhaps foils for each other? Perhaps. (gasps) Perhaps. I'm just saying like Miss Havisham, it was horrible that she got fooled and left at the altar and not her fault at all. No. But and there was no real reason that had to happen. But she could have chosen to become a better person who like taught her adopted daughter how to love and how to guard her heart. But how to, you know, be in a healthy relationship. Instead, she's like, I'm going to turn my daughter into a robot and use her to kill men in their soul. (laughs) And it was like, what? It's going to, like, wallow in this horrible thing that happened to her, like, physically for the rest Mm -hmm. of her life. For the rest of her life. Insane. Like. Awful. Wow. (laughs) Crazy. What a character. I mean, and that kind of brings us right into, uh, what did we learn from this book? Well, that was one pretty big one. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. You cannot let, yeah. Don't Mm -hmm. be a Miss Havisham. Don't. Um, if somebody comes just randomly out of the woodworks and is like, I want to offer you a lot of money to change your life. I feel like just ask some questions and don't take no for an answer. Yeah. I just feel like we should. he should have insisted upon more answers. I know Mr. Jaggers or whatever was like, I can't give you any answers. And I'd, I'd have been like, I mean, there was no Google at the time, but I'd have been like, researching stuff and talking to people at the (laughs) bank and like trying to figure this thing out i don't know that i would have just taken it at face value that feels sketchy so it was definitely sketchy (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh here's here's one i've said before i'm gonna say it again um if a girl gives you no indication of liking you or of returning your advances (laughs) she's not playing coy she's not secretly hiding feelings for you Take her at her word. She's not into you. Move on. She's just not that into you. Yeah. And she's not a bitch, necessarily, or even cold-hearted, necessarily. Estella is cold-hearted. Estella is both. Estella is both. However, a girl not returning your feelings is not what makes her a bitch or cold-hearted. Exactly. Estella was those things regardless of the fact that yeah, she was have not into respect. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. If she's... just, It's funny when they're like, well, maybe she's hiding her feelings. I feel like guys must tell themselves that occasionally. Like, like, especially when, like, a guy has a crush on, like, a friend that's a girl. And I'm like, have you had any reason to think they like you back? And it's like, well, no, but it could still work out. And I'm like, I think you should move on. <laughs> okay, stop just- adding me. That's literally me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's like, okay I when I do it, though. It's okay when I do it. Yeah, it is. Well, it's the thing where I'm like, I respect your feelings, but I think you should move on for yourself and for her. Oh, well, in this scenario, he... 
I'm talking about it, somebody then being rude or thinking rudely about the girl. Oh, that yes, for sure, for sure. If you want to wallow that can in your own pity, too, that's but... fine, I guess. But also yeah, beware but... of being a Miss Havsham. See, it all yeah. comes back around. It all comes back to Miss Havsham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, if you are left at the altar, I do think it's acceptable to once a year put on your old wedding dress and have the day. <laughs> or just walk around your neighborhood at night in your wedding dress just to give the kids something once to talk about. Once a year. That's once it. Once a year, you could let yourself do it. Everybody needs an eccentric neighbor. I feel we could use more of them. I say go for it. It sounds yeah. cathartic. I'm fine with that. Don't live in it, but definitely give yourself a day once a year (laughs) to mourn the loss in a way that will make everybody gossip about you. Oh, God. But please move on. Please, please, please. (laughs) She's like, don't do it. Don't. This is horrible advice. Please move on. (laughs) I feel like it's a slippery slope. (laughs) One day you're just walking around outside at night in your wedding dress, and then it's 20 years later and you're just (laughs) inside in your yellow wedding dress, all the rotten food behind you, and you're... Training your adopted daughter to crush the hearts of men. <laughs> I mean, it could happen to anyone, really. <laughs> yeah, yes, it could. Oh, God. It could happen to anyone. Uh, I feel like there's some kind of lesson in the pale young gentleman just walking up and trying to fight <laughs> it, but I don't know what it is. I have no idea what that is, but it's hilarious to me. You know oh, what? Maybe just don't do that. <laughs> But, you know, Herbert goes into things confidently, even if he doesn't have the ability or the know-how. And you know what? I appreciate that about him. He's such a good friend. He is so loyal. He is. And I feel like he's a good example of how to give a nickname and really stick with it. (laughs) Because he, from the moment he names Pip Handel, for the rest of the book, he calls him Handel. And I really love that. He really does stick with it. Yeah. So if you want to give someone a nickname and they resist, just keep calling them the nickname. At some point, they're going to respond to it. That's what I've learned. So if only I could do that to myself. But maybe I'll try it on Hoppy. Maybe I'll come up with a weird nickname that he doesn't like. And just if I use it over enough time, it's just going to be normal. Yeah. Just, I mean, make him get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Spoons. Exactly, Spoons. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Good. Is there anything else that we learned from this book? I feel like there are a lot of things, but we've said enough. I know. Dickens is like, that's all you got from <laughs> I know. It's like, sorry, Dickens, we've been going for an hour 45. Like, we got to wrap it up. Sorry, we got to wrap it up, man. Which brings us to Pinkies Up. Ooh, this is, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it's a five for me. I love this book. It makes me cry. It- I love it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's weird and creepy. It's poignant. I love it. Five for me. It had elements that I enjoyed. I really liked the plot. I just wanted the plot to be delivered in a much more concise fashion. Mm-hmm. It was also very, very long. Do I think I'll read it again? I'm not going to say never, but I do feel like it's unlikely. Would yeah. I enjoy adaptations of this in shorter oh, form? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm going to give it, and the craft was excellent, and the humor was good. So I'm going to give it 3.75. What? Which I feel like is much higher oh than I was. God. I thought I was going to give it a couple weeks ago. You guys, I am literally floored. I think I'm going to pass out. I can. What did you think I was going to give it? I don't know. Before like showing up today, I was preparing myself for like one star. <laughs> I'm so serious. I was like, he's made her. Uh, he's made her position extremely clear. Like it's mm-hmm. on me if I am not prepared for one star. You know. Wow. Didn't I give is... Treasure Island one pinky up? Uh yes. 
This is, <laughs> but this is better than Treasure Island, Significantly right? better. Like, I did give it under four, which I have said before. Typically, if it's between three and four, there's a good chance I'll never read it again. Four and five, I typically will reread it at some point. Uh-huh. But like really three and up means I did not not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> it just I, It's not going to land on my favorites list, but there was too much that was very admirable about this book to not well, give it 3.75. You have no idea how much that means to me. And also, thank you for reading it. Um, it means a it lot. It hurt me to do. It was something I was like, this is for Kendall. And I kept listening <laughs> to the audiobook, and I was working outside on the chicken run, and I was like, oh, my God, we're still in volume one. And I was like, you're doing it for Kendall. <laughs> I was like, I have to really – I was really like, Ash, because I wanted to just like – like speed through it and just let it play and not pay attention and I was like no you have to actually give it the college try for Kendall because she'll never forgive you no you're so sweet (laughs) I really was thinking maybe she's not gonna pay attention to it but I was like not gonna hold it against you I kept trying so hard to make myself continue to pay attention but there were so many times my attention drifted off and then I was like no for spoons (laughs) I was also like she's gonna know if I don't pay attention (laughs) I was haunting so I you did. while you were out. You were haunting me run. all week, literally all last week too, because you were like, you might want to get started a week early. And yeah, I did. So thank you for that. Well, was that audiobook not pretty good? I mean, I know you enjoyed reading it better, but it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. I did enjoy reading it more because the craft and the humor I felt like was more evident. Mm-hmm. But especially when I figured out that I could speed up the YouTube video and I didn't know that I could. <laughs> um, which, by the way, guys, there's a lot of classics that are like, uh, what's it called? Um, they're not in the thing anymore, so they can public like, domain. Be on- yeah. Public domain. They're public domain, like this one. So you can find like really good audiobooks on YouTube for free yeah. and legally. So that's you guys are interested. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You guys should it's check that one. out first. What are we reading next week? <gasps> next week. Oh, she. I believe already. is. Wait, I was about to be very confident about it, but then I realized I hadn't checked in like a day or two. Fallen Kingdoms by Morgan Rhodes. Yay! And Haley's gonna join us. Oh, yay! Okay, cool. And this was a U-Rack again? Is this the last U-Rack? Uh, yes. I think so, yes. So really this is. was a U-Rack, but originally it was a Haley wreck, so that's why she's coming. Ooh, um, so it's originally a Haley wreck. Yes. We so. haven't had her since um, Ruin and Rising. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a while ago. Was that season one or season two? Season one? That was season one. That was like over a year yeah. ago. Wow, the return so, of Pod Nurse. Hell yeah, Pod Nurse are gonna make all our list of like anatomical questions of things that happen in books <laughs> and be like, is this actually how it works? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I Literally. believe. Ooh, we're everything's coming back around. It's back to clavicles again too, because I believe the question we had for her in that episode was, "Is the collarbone the same thing as a clavicle?" And <laughs> apparently, yes, it is. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. It all comes back to the clavicle. Oh, man. My favorite part of the body. (laughs) All these callbacks we're doing. Incredible. I know. Wow. So that'll be good. Falling Kingdoms is, all I know is that it looks like there's like a mage on the front. It looks very Renaissance fair. It is. (laughs) Ash, I think you're going to like it. The first book is insane. It's Is it adult fantasy? No. It doesn't look like a YA. It's young adult, but imagine like if Game of Thrones was young adult. It's It's kind of dark. I'm interested. I'm very interested. And there are like five books. So it's Hell crazy. yeah. 
Okay, cool. So we're doing Falling Kingdoms next week, and Haley, aka Pod Nurse, is going to join us, and it's going to be delightful. Yep. And um, we're going to think of you guys as we partied up at my place this weekend. Yes, so we'll be thinking that'll of you, be good. Thinking of you. Always thinking of you guys. Just as I was thinking of Kendall all week long, haunted by Aww. her as I read this book. <laughs> Me over your shoulder, like, are you paying attention, bitch? <laughs> That's exactly what I felt like. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> god. Um, but if you guys want to keep up with us during the week, can't blame you. We're pretty delightful. Uh, you can do that. You can follow us on social media. We are in, on Instagram and TikTok at That Pretentious Book Club. You can also email us if you have book recs or if you just want to chat with us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. That's also our website where you can go check out pod merch. We've got book merch, inside joke merch, all kind of good stuff there. And you can learn more about the pod. If you guys want to support the pod, merch is a great way to do it. But also... You can go to Patreon slash StorySirenStudio.com and you can get all of our video episodes, bonus episodes, exclusive merch that only Patreon peeps get. So all kinds of cool exclusive stuff there. So go check it out. And there's multiple tiers so you can only, you know, commit as much as you like us. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> or just leave us a review. If you're like, not quite that much, but I'll leave you guys a review, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Tell your friends. The pod is always growing, which is wonderful. And we'll see you guys next week. So until then, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. Goodbye. Goodbye.